Buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> cut that out. It sounded very aggressive. <laughs> I liked it. Welcome to The Worst Thing We Read This Week, where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm Caitlin. And I am a passionate stereo. A.K.A. Savannah. And welcome <laughs> back to our podcast. We're going to start announcing every time that this podcasting, we're using Squadcast and they're assigning me names and it's hilarious and I just wanted you all to know. They're always equally ridiculous. Weekly disclaimer, we are just here for fun. We do not hate authors. We do not hate books. Uh, we actually really like books. And so we buy a hard copy of these books every week. We just like making fun of plot holes and bad tropes and bad characters and really horrible abortion puns. And that's what we're getting into this episode. So <laughs> brace yourselves. Since these episodes are not spoiler-free, we wanted to give you guys an updated book list. So on the 30th of April, we have The Cursed Child coming out by J.K. Rowling and those other people. <laughs> and then on the 14th of May, we have After We Fell by Anna Todd. I just feel like it's wrong that that book is coming up again. <laughs> because I keep begging to cancel it and you keep telling me no. Because it's our most popular episode. Please go listen to another episode and make that your favorite episode. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you which one. You can like collaborate and pick one, but just please pick something that's not after. So Savannah, what are you, what are you drinking? It's reds. It's just the normal kind, not the weird black cherry, blueberry, lemon, avocado. I don't know what shit they got. I had strep this last week. I'm like still slightly sick, but I'm here recording because I love you. We did so. momentarily think it was COVID-19, and thank God it was not. It was just strep throat. So, you know, <laughs> our little Savannah's back at it again. She's still here with I'm us. Here. Uh, so anyways, uh, future Savannah. Thanks, future Savannah. Present Savannah has the summary, I believe. I'm gonna read it in my sexy podcast voice. Are you ready? I don't pull this one out very often, but it is the end of an era. <laughs> And also, I've had strep this last week. Oh my god, I haven't even mentioned that once. We never know what day we might die. Someone listening to this podcast is going to be like, my dad died from COVID, like, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm going to feel really bad. I'm going to cut that out, too. <laughs> snip, snip. The summary sums things up well, because nothing happens in the summary and nothing happens in this book. <laughs> Don't be afraid, I murmured. We belong together. I was abruptly overwhelmed by the truth of my own words. This moment was so perfect, so right. There was no way to doubt it. His arms wrapped around me, holding me against him. It felt like every nerve ending in my body was a live wire. Forever. He agreed. That's it. That's the summary. I just want to say, from the preface, Bella's talking about, like, what do you do when the one who you love is killing you? How do you run and how do you fight when that would hurt your left? And I was like... It sounds like Edward is trying to murder her. Like, is Edward trying to murder her? What's going on here? You know, honestly, that would have been... It would have been a lot more entertaining than what actually happened in this book. <laughs> so we start off and Bella and Edward are getting married. And that doesn't happen until like 100 pages in, but nothing happens before that. So they get married. But lots of words. Lots of words happen before that. I do not understand why she is so opposed to new clothes, presents weddings people giving her free shit like what <laughs> i don't get that bella like i i do get it because like i'm not like i'm not in a position to like i just got out of a long-term relationship and like at no point during that was i like let's get married you know what i mean like 
Well, yeah, but like pretend that you're Bella and you have this person that you have expressed multiple times where you're like, you are the love of my life and I would like to be with you forever. Like, doesn't the next step seem like marriage? Maybe? I don't know. I know that it's not a big deal to some people, but like, why would you be opposed to it? List some good reasons to be opposed to marriage. I'm sure we can think of a few. I think that marriage can give you like a false sense of security, especially if you're young. But I don't like the the institute of marriage in general, I wouldn't say I have like an issue with. If you've like truly found your one person, I don't see why there's anything wrong with that. Like Bella's literally trying to spend the rest of her immortal life with this man. Bitch, why are you so upset about getting married? That's what I don't get. That was a really deep answer when I was just going to say garters. <laughs> like, what the fuck is up with garters? There's something really weird about sticking a piece of fabric on your leg. And then he's got to, like, rip it off with his teeth. And Alice is like, this is mine and I want it back. I'm like, why do you want yeah. this back, bitch? <laughs> also, why are you... Why Why was that your something borrowed that you decided to give Bella? Like, of all things, why was that the something borrowed? Like, I'm sorry. I don't want a garter, but, like, if I did have one, I don't want anyone else's. Like, I'm gonna buy that new, not going to Deseret Industries to get that. <laughs> for anyone... I feel like people outside of Utah don't know what that is. I was is. gonna say, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like, it's a, it's a, a Goodwill. Goodwill shop in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Just have a lot of feelings. So Bella's having her random wedding and all of a sudden Jacob, who's been off in the woods pouting for the entire time, shows up. He pops out of nowhere and Edward's like, well, that's very like kind of you just showing up to our wedding, even though you wanted to murder me and marry Bella for yourself and have been pouting in the woods for the past entire book. And Jacob goes, kind is my middle name. Can I cut in? And I think we need to add that to our list of of middle names of main characters for Bella, mm, mm, Edward Melodramatic Cullen, and Bella Danger Swan. Now we have Jacob Kind, whatever his last name is. Well, I think in the last book he was Jacob Passive Aggressive Black. <laughs> now he's Jacob Kind Passive Aggressive Black. And he doesn't really do anything, nothing really else happens, except somehow as he's dancing with Bella, their conversation lands on the fact that she and Edward are planning on having sex on their wedding night. But like, it's a really vague comment that's brought up. Like, he's just kind of like, like, what are you going to be? Yeah, what are you even going to be doing on your honeymoon if you can't have a real honeymoon? Yeah. And she's like, well, we are going to have one. And somehow like, he's thought about this enough or like, they've conversed about this enough that he automatically just knows that that means that he and Bella are going to be having sex. And he's like, what? And like freaks out and gets ready to start murdering Edward. And I'm like, um... It's none of your business. I understand why he was upset about him turning her into a vampire. But like, why does he know enough about vampire sex to think that that would be a problem? And then they get to the honeymoon and... Bella is, like, having a panic attack in the bathroom because they're about to have sex, and she is, like, so overwhelmed by that idea that she is, like, freaking out. And I'm like, if sex is that scary to you, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Like, you, if you are that scared, you probably should not engage. I get why she's scared because she thinks she edward is like a god to her. She's, like, put him up on this pedestal, and also he could literally murder her with his dick, apparently. But you shouldn't be having a panic attack. <laughs> right. Like, if you're in the bathroom hyperventilating, probably just don't do it. Maybe just wait. Also, I like how she's, like, looking through her suitcase and she's like, oh, 
Alice packed me all this lingerie and they won't tell me like they wouldn't tell her where she was going they wouldn't let her pack her clothes like she's not allowed to do anything in this book except have sex so she, <laughs> she like gets there and she's looking through her suitcase and she's like oh my god there's just there's just lingerie in here I can't go outside wearing lingerie so she just like strips butt naked and is like this this is good <laughs> okay and then they have sex for the first time they wake up the next morning and Edward is like not okay and he is freaking out and he's like are you hurt like are you okay and bella's like why would i be hurt like i don't even know what you're talking about she says i made a quick assessment at stretching my body automatically tensing and flexing my muscles there was stiffness and a lot of soreness too it was true but mostly there was an odd sensation that my bones had all become unhinged at the joints and i had changed halfway into the consistency of a jellyfish it was not an unpleasant feeling <laughs> And then she starts, and then he's like, look at yourself, Bella. She, like, looks at herself, and she's completely covered in bruises. <laughs> she looks like a battered wife. And she can't really remember anything from, like, I was confused because going into this book, you were, I, I mean, I understand later, but, like, in the very beginning, you were like, this is the book that's just filled with them having sex. And, like, all we get are multiple scenes of her looking like a battered woman and then like making vague references but being like i don't remember much of what happened because we were in the throes of passion and i'm like what <laughs> like if there's gonna be so even... much build up and so much like give me something like i don't want to know all of the intimate details of your vampire sex but like every time that they're like about to do it it just like fades to black and then it comes back in the morning and she's like and we had a night and i'm covered in bruises <laughs> Well, yeah, I just want a little bit of zest, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to- I'm not asking for much, I just want something. I love how Edward's just racked with guilt and her response is, You're killing my buzz, Edward. <laughs> She's like, you threw off my groove. <laughs> well, and then, and then she proceeds, like, to this entire time, the rest of the honeymoon, she's, like, trying to convince him to have sex it's with so her. so awkward. And, and Edward is like- literally doing everything he can to keep her distracted and busy so that she doesn't bring up sex again that <laughs> she's too tired to have sex and then and then they actually like start having a conversation about it and apparently like sex for vampires is really different from sex with like humans like they experience sex very intensely and it's like a very addictive thing it's like, like cocaine is like crack everyone's cocaine. having sex apparently <laughs> all but the they time they never say the word sex in this book no they don't i swear to god <laughs> no. i don't think there's a single time where they say sex don't so <laughs> as they're getting ready um as we're getting ready to wrap up and to get to the the climax excuse my pun of this honeymoon this lady starts coming they have to have cleaning people come because they keep breaking all of the furniture as you do <laughs> The locals who are on this island have their own folklore about vampires and humans and relationships between them. And so um, they have this, she's described as a tiny coffee-skinned woman. Of course she is, because what other colors of skin are there besides white and coffee? <laughs> and A toffee vanilla mocha colored woman. <laughs> Still coffee, still counts. As Kristen, <laughs> as Kristen and PC cast would, would call it. A chocolate molten lava cake. <laughs> <laughs> From Chili's. <laughs> when this woman showed up, 
she's like really freaked out to see uh, Bella and Edward together. Super freaked out. Thinks Edward's trying to eat her, whatever. And Edward's explaining to Bella why she's so freaked out. And he's like, um, basically their version, the, the Liebe Showman, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's a blood drinking demon who preys exclusively on beautiful women. He leered at me. And I just, I would like to start a petition for romance novels to stop using the word leered when describing the way that the romantic interest is looking at his love interest. Like, it's not a fun, fresh, sexy word. It's creepy. Bella finally convinces him to to keep having sex with her. By wearing sexy lingerie. Yes. (laughs) She finally seduces her husband. This is such a weird novel. (laughs) She's bargaining with him so that they can have sex. She's telling him, I will put on, like, you don't have to make me a vampire immediately. I'll go to college for a semester if you have sex with me right now. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, college. That really turns me on. (laughs) And then they, like, start having this whole... She Her argument is basically, I want to be human for longer because sex is so amazing that I don't want to miss out on it when I become a vampire and I might hate you for a little bit. So, like, we gotta make up for as much lost time as we might have. So they keep having sex. Bella keeps looking like she's battered. And then she starts having pregnancy sy- symptoms. The whole honeymoon and, like... Everything that happens on it and how Bella is, like, trying to convince Edward this whole time to have sex with her and she's, like, bargaining with him to put off becoming a vampire. Like, all of this, it just goes to show that they really did just get married to have sex. I just want to say, in this book, just as in all of the other books, Bella has her relatable moments. And I would say the first one is when she goes into... She she's starting to have these symptoms where she's like nauseous at the smell of certain food. She's throwing up in the morning. She's having morning sickness. And she she like sees this tiny bulge in her stomach. And she's like, that's not how pregnancy works. Like, I know that's not how pregnancy works. And also, I know that you can't get pregnant between like human and vampire sex. But what if I am? And like, you find out later that she's right. But it's just so like relatable because I feel like in high school, there's always those moments where you like miss your period and you're like, I haven't looked at a boy in, like, five years, but what if I'm pregnant, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do it all the time. Where, like, you can you can fully not be having sex and still somehow convince yourself that you're pregnant. Yeah. You're like, but what about the immaculate conception? Like, <laughs> what if I'm pregnant with Jesus? <laughs> I am the next Mary. <laughs> you are. That's why Mary Magdalene was showing up. Stop it. I think we should tell everyone about this. I told everyone about that at breakfast this morning. Oh, okay. So I have this friend who during our time in quarantine, she found this girl on like Facebook marketplace that was doing um, like psychic readings. And she got one done and she was like, I feel really great after it. Like it was like, it was really cheap. She was like, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, like, I want to give it a shot. So I, like, asked for her information. And this lady gave me a reading. And this lady, like, started going on about how, like, Mary Magdalene, like, is my spirit guide type of thing. And I don't even, like, I know who Mary Magdalene is, but, like, I don't fucking, what did that even mean? So I get this reading from this lady, whatever. I pay her. It, it was fine. I felt really great after it. Then I get this message afterwards at fucking, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I already couldn't sleep, and then I got this message, and then I especially couldn't sleep. 
and it says, Everything I thought I knew was truth with my gift was a lie. It was Satan and his darkness. It's all tricks and false promises. I apologize for ever doing such a darkness and bringing that into your life. God is the only light and true love, and I am so grateful I was able to find this before I went uh, too far down that rabbit hole. And then she refunded me my money back. And I was like, and what the fuck? And the refund, the refund, the public (laughs) reason for the refund. She then me back and made it public. And it says, I'm sorry for the misleading false promises. This was not my intentions, but the workings of true evil. (laughs) (sighs) So anyways, that was, uh, that was how I got a psychic reading from Satan. Mm -hmm. About uh, Mary Magdalene. And books. (laughs) Bella realizes that she's pregnant, so Edward starts freaking out and calls Carlisle, who's a doctor and, you know, would maybe know this shit. And as Edward's on the phone with with Carlisle, Bella knows that she's pregnant. Like she she just knows it. She can feel it. And then she starts like rationalizing with herself. And I think in one of the previous episodes I had said that like vampires can't have children apparently that's wrong no this made me upset because like there we'll talk about like the immortal children later which are like child vampires but those don't come from two vampires having sex because when you are transformed into a vampire apparently male vampires can still like procreate they can still get erections and whatever and have sperm but like female vampires just all of a sudden become barren because like they can't yeah because they're stuck in the same place forever i'm like hold on a sec why what is the difference what, between the two why did right. one reproductive organs work that's that's rosalie's big thing is she's like i am so upset that i was turned into a vampire before i could become a mother because she always wanted to be a mother and why she is so angry with bella for wanting to become a vampire because she's like once you become a vampire you will not be able to have children and you will be infertile well why are the men still fertile but alas apparently she's pregnant another thing that we should mention is that it was really big in the vampire world it was really prominent before the volturi like shut it down to turn small children into vampires Mm -hmm. So Bella keeps having these reoccurring dreams about this vampire child that she needs to protect from the Volturi. But it's literally never like, like, what was the benefit of turning small children into vampires? Just to have a small vampire child that eats everyone? I'm confused. Yeah, like, warriors, children are creepy as hell. Like, could you imagine a vampire child that never grows old? Like, those are never going to turn into normal humans. Like, their, their knowledge and everything and learning is completely stunted. It was explained to the point where everyone is terrified of them because they are so vicious and so dangerous that, um, and like very, very difficult to kill. For some reason, they're um, more dangerous than like newborn adult vampires. Bella and Edward are obviously on two very different mm-hmm. perspectives because Bella's like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go home and have this vampire baby. And Edward's like, we're going to abort that vampire baby right quick. Let's get you home. (laughs) 
And she knows that everyone is on board with aborting this child, so she calls the only person that she knows would, like, help her, and it's Rosalie, because Rosalie's the one who's always wanted a kid. So she calls Rosalie, and it's the only time and the first time that they've ever Mm -hmm. gotten along. Secretly. She waits until Edward's out of the room, because apparently she, like, doesn't have a phone of her own, so they've, like, taken her clothes, they've taken her phone, they didn't tell her where she was going. So Edward leaves, and she, like, sneaks his phone, and she's like... Rosalie, I'm gonna have this baby and you're gonna protect it. And Rosalie's like, done. So that's the end of the first part of the book. And then we go into the second part, which is Jacob's perspective. Unfortunately. Which I never asked for this. So (laughs) (laughs) why are we getting it? I couldn't tell which I was less interested in. Bella's weird pregnancy or Jacob's vampire or Jacob's uh, werewolf angst. Jacob's werewolf angst hands down remember when he sexually assaulted his best friend like last book and we've all conveniently forgotten about that yeah i do vaguely remember that um because no one else does also his chapter headings are just fucking weird like you go from normal chapter headings which of of bella's which are like engaged big day distractions to ilsma may yeah 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 like normal things that explain the chapter you go from that to, I don't even think that there's a chapter thing for Edward. Waiting for the damn fight to start already is one for Jacob. <laughs> you know things are bad when you feel guilty for being rude to vampires. Oh, uh, why didn't I just walk away? Oh, right, because I'm an idiot. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> Some people just don't grasp the concept of unwelcome. What do I look like? The Wizard of Oz? You need a brain? You need a heart? Go ahead. Take mine. Take everything I have. Too much information alert. Yeah, that's this entire entire book, Jacob. Too much information. Oh my god. We start seeing the inner workings of the pack, which is interesting in theory, but I just didn't care. Jacob hears that Bella is sick and she's not doing well. Charlie calls and and lets him know. So Jacob immediately is like, oh my god, they're already turning her into a vampire. Loses his fucking mind, decides that he's going to go and kill all of the Cullens single-handedly because the rest of the pack refuses to go. To which Embry responds, Jacob, you gotta keep your head in the game. (laughs) Keep keep, keep your head in the game. (laughs) That was terrible. That was so bad, first of all. Second of all, our next... Getcha, 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 getcha. I'm disappointed in you. So, the pack has decided that even though technically the Cullens uh, violated the treaty by, by endangering a human, the pack is like, Bella chose this for herself. So can we really... Can we really fault the Cullens for turning her into a vampire if this was the life that she chose? She knew all of the consequences. She knew what it would mean. So they're not, they do not have Jacob's back. So Jacob decides that he is, he's going to kill them. So he breaks away from the pack and he goes to the Cullens' house. He gets there and he realizes that um, it is not what it seems. Bella's legitimately sick because she's pregnant and the child that she's pregnant with is like feeding on her. It's like draining her life source, basically. She's like not able to eat. She can't really do anything. She looks awful. And she's refusing to allow the Cullens to abort this baby. So Edward takes Jacob outside looking like shit and he's trying, he's explaining what's been happening since the honeymoon. And 
Edward is like, I would do anything to get this child out of her. Like, you're her best friend. Please, can you try and talk some sense into her? And then Edward's like, no, wait, I have a better idea. Listen, Jacob. I'm fine with how he's like, I think Bella just really wants a baby. Like, a baby. Any baby. And I'm thinking that if we put a baby inside her that's not going to kill her, then she'll be totally fine. So what if we just, like, remove this fetus and then you were to impregnate her instead of me? So what if you guys just, like, had some sex? She has a baby that's a werewolf instead. The baby doesn't kill her. It can be our baby, but you can kind of just, like, be there and it'll just be like we're all, like, a nice little thruple. How does that sound to you? And Jacob's like... That sounds really fucked up, but also a very tempting idea because then I can have sex with Bella. And Edward's like, great, you go tell her so she doesn't murder me. And (laughs) Jacob's like, okay. But hold on. Can we just back up? Can we just back up and remember that Jacob is 16 (laughs) and Edward is soliciting this 16-year-old boy to have sex with his wife and impregnate her? Oh, no. It's not a good look, but this was my favorite part of the book. Also, I just love that they're like... Sure, like, obviously, I obviously Edward's point of view makes sense, where he's like, this pregnancy might kill my wife, and so I am feeling like it would be best if we just ended it and did something different. Like, I get his position, but at the same time, yes, her body, her choice. <laughs> that, but also, why is his first thought to allow Jacob to impregnate her when there's things like artificial insemination, or like, why can't you just do in vitro versus having sex with your best friend and complicating relationships (laughs) right well and that and the fact that edward's just like oh she doesn't care about this baby she just wants a baby let's just like remove this one and put a different one in her it's exactly the same thing (laughs) well and then and then jacob goes in and has a conversation with bella where he nonchalantly suggests all of this and bella is like oh did edward put you up to this and he's like yeah and she's like oh that edward ha 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 and then she's like not even she's not even mad and i'm like (laughs) you just get this like weird vampire abortion discourse that nobody asked for or wanted or needed the minute that bella finds out she's pregnant she's like i love this child already and even if it kills me like i would rather have the baby and have it kill me than like get rid of it it's not trying to make a social commentary but the author's opinions are very much there you know oh yeah oh so jacob goes back to the pack and tells them what's going on because he's like okay Bella's not a vampire. She's just pregnant with a vampire child. The pack, like, loses their shit. And Sam Yuli, the alpha, is like, oh, we have to go murder that (laughs) child now. Because we don't know what it's going to grow up to be or come out to be. So, you know how we said that we were fine? We were not okay with killing the Cullens before? Well, now we're okay with it. We're going to go and we're going to murder all of the Cullens. Jacob is not down with the sickness. What? What does that mean? Hold on. Let me just... Is that like an Urban I, Dictionary thing? Are we Urban Dictionarying no, it? No, hold on. No, hold on. Ooh. Wow! Clearly we had different childhoods. So as I was saying, Jacob was not <laughs> down with the sickness. So he... He GTFO'd out of the pack. And he... Which, super conveniently, he's just like, you know what? I was always meant to be alpha. I claim alpha. <laughs> And then he well, just, like, becomes an they, alpha. He's just intending to leave by himself. Mm-hmm. But as he's leaving, Seth and Leah, the brother and sister, leave with him. And now he has, like, his own little mini pack. Yep. Which, 
TBH, if I was Leah, I'd be getting the fuck out of there, too, because as we'll see, like, the main takeaway that I got from this whole Jacob book was that everyone treats Leah like shit, mainly because she is female, and secondarily because she was in love with a uh, member of the pack who imprinted, yeah, with Sam, who imprinted on her cousin. But Leah keeps having all of these really depressing thoughts because she has to watch them together and everyone's like, oh, fucking Leah, always having to fucking ruin everything with her depressing fucking thoughts because she's always thinking about fucking Sam because she's still in love with him. Also, they're mad. Like, Jacob brings up how, like, it's it was awkward transforming in front of her first because she's female. And I'm like, how do you think she feels with, like, a bunch of men? Like, yeah, dude, I'm sure it's pretty awkward for her as well, knowing that everyone, including her ex and all of his best friends, know exactly how sad she is. And then he goes, nudity was an inconvenient but unavoidable part of pack life. We'd all thought nothing of it before Leah came along. Then it got awkward. Leah had average control over her temper, and then he kind of talks about how, like, it took her, like, a normal length of time to stop exploding out of her clothes every time she got pissed. We'd all caught a glimpse. And it wasn't like she wasn't worth looking at. It was just that it was so not worth it when she caught you thinking about it later. I'm just gonna leave that there. He spends the entire book, like, Leah's like, please, I won't bother you. I will leave you alone. I just don't want to be a pack because I don't want my ex to be able to hear every single thought that I have ever. I just want to be on my own and away from all of these horrible people. And Jacob's like, God, Leah, you're so annoying. Why are you following me everywhere? I just wanted to be alone and angsty. So the three of them start keeping guard around the Cullen's house to protect this unborn child and Bella because the pack has already said that they're going to come and, um, try and kill the baby but now the pack the original pack led by samuli is outnumbered edward starts being able to read the baby's mind and like that is when edward finally gets on board with having this child bella is thinking of two names for the baby if it's a boy to name it ej for edward jacob and if it's a girl she wants to name the girl renesme like renee and esme and it's just like, what if all baby names had to be a combination of your two parents' names? Okay. <laughs> my dad's name is Gabriel and my mom's name is Leslie. Mm-hmm. Would my name be Gesley or Labriel? <laughs> so my my dad's name is Ronald and my mom's name is Mikey. So we would have Reiki. <laughs> Modeled. <laughs> Little Monald and Reiki. <laughs> Question of the week. What would your given name be if it was your parents' name smashed together? Also, in the middle of all of this, we also get Leah having angst over not being able to have children because she is 100% certain that female werewolves also cannot have children. Because for some reason, if you are a supernatural woman, you are naturally infertile so she like has all of this angst with jacob for like three pages where she's like you don't understand what it's like because you can still have children but if i could have children then sam would have imprinted on me instead of my cousin it's just like this weird roundabout like obviously i can't have children because the guy i was dating didn't imprint on me defective is the word she used is because i can't have children and it's like uh I don't know. All of the female angst 
and all of their conflict in this book revolves around whether they can have children or not. For some people it is important, and for some people it's not, and there's no spectrum here. But then Edward reveals to Jacob that his plan is, once Bella starts having the baby, to turn her into a vampire. And Jacob is just, like, so distraught. He thought that he and Edward were on the same page of trying to abort this child. But (laughs) instead, (laughs) Edward now wants to have the baby, and it's causing all sorts of moral dilemma. Bella looks like shit because she can't eat anything. So they get this idea that since the baby is half vampire, to have Bella start drinking blood. And it, like, makes her feel better and the baby feel better and everything is great. But she is not on the blood drinking train that all of our other YA protagonists are on because she's like slightly conflicted about it. Everyone's like, you don't have to do this. And she's like, I'll try. She finally starts looking better. She, we get, when we get to the birth of the child, Bella like accidentally drops her cup of blood and like goes to pick it up and ends up like, rupturing her placenta which then caught like anyways it sets all of the shit into motion it we're still in jacob's perspective and it says <laughs> bella screamed it was not just a scream it was a b- blood-curdling shriek of agony the horrifying sound uh cut off with a gurgle and then bella vomited a fountain of blood while all of this is going on frantically trying to save her life get this baby out of her so that edward can turn her and jacob's like how many times had i imagined her naked now i couldn't look i was afraid to have these (laughs) memories in my head not the time jake (laughs) she's literally like (laughs) vomiting blood and like the baby's coming out of her and jake's like "Ooh, tits (laughs) he's thinking about her being naked and her bones are literally snapping (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we find out it's a girl rosalie <laughs> takes renesme out of the room uh edward starts injecting bella with his vampire venom to turn her into a vampire like no one's sure if she's gonna make it jacob leaves the room goes downstairs he's like i'm gonna kill this fucking baby like fuck this baby <laughs> and then he sets eyes on this child he's murderous going to kill the child and then he's like the gravity of the earth no longer tied me to the place where I stood. It was the baby girl in the blonde vampire's arms that held me here now. Fucking so Renesme. This is the end of Jacob's book and chapter, and you immediately are like, okay, some weird shit is about to happen, clearly. Mm-hmm. And you would be correct. <laughs> so then we go into Bella's next portion of the book, which... I skimmed the entire first couple chapters of her part because it's all just her changing into a vampire and it's like, wow, I I really don't care. I could not care less about any of this. It's basically her just being like, I'm not going to scream and let Edward know that I'm hurting. But mind you, all that we've heard for the last few books are that newborns are extremely violent and they can't do anything but feed for the first few months at least, at the very least. So Bella comes to and she's like all expecting to be bloodthirsty and crazy and whatever. And all we get is like a two page soliloquy on how beautiful Edward's face is. And I'm like, where's the murder? Where's the blood? And then at the same time, she like looks in the mirror herself and she can't even recognize herself because she looks so beautiful. I'm excited to see how they represent this in the movies with like the same actress. I just want to 
say something that is not necessarily related to what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, after reading this book, I came to the realization, understanding, and acceptance that the Breaking Dawn movies were five million times better than this book. I'm interested to see how. Bella's a vampire now. They decide to go hunting, which... Bella looks down at herself as they're about to go hunting, and she realizes that Alice has dressed her in a silver dress and high heels. So, Bella, like, leaps out of the window to go hunting. Alice, one, do you fucking know Bella at all? Two, what you knew that she was going to need to feed, and you, yet you dressed her in a dress anyway? It, like, practicality. Running through the woods in stilettos. So they go hunting, and they come back, and Bella wants to see Renesmee. And the whole time they've been praising her for being so self-restrained, they're like, this is crazy, like, newborns never act like this. So they allow her to see Renesmee, because originally they were worried that Bella might kill Renesmee because she's half-human, um, and her mm-hmm. heart still beats. But she ends up seeing Renesmee. Renesmee is a lot larger than a newborn child. And, and apparently, she's creepily self-aware. Yes. And Be- Bella apparently was only like transitioning for like three days so she wakes up and renesmee's already the size of like a six month old <laughs> and can like she shows you what she's feeling by touching your face so like she'll touch your face and like show you memories i hate it i hate it so much in my nightmares nothing is scarier than this like child that always wants to be latched onto your face like in order for her to be able to like touch bella's face or for them to be able to come into contact they set up this test because you know who else is half human jacob's half human so maybe we'll have bella interact with jacob first and she like meets with jacob and she's obviously fine and then edward's like well yeah it was it was jacob's idea he wanted to make sure that you were safe for renesmee and she's like why does jacob care (laughs) Why does Jacob care? Like, why is Jacob still here, actually? Great point, everyone. (laughs) And then he sits, she sits there for a second and she looks between Jacob and Renesmee and she loses her fucking shit because he, she realizes that he imprinted on her newborn child. And then she loses her shit, which, by the way, this is the most iconic part of Breaking Dawn Part (laughs) 2, where she's like, you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Iconic. (laughs) Because he started calling her Nessie. (laughs) Iconic. Bella is making all of the valid points that all of us are feeling, which is like, that is disgusting. Jacob is making all of the points that the last book tried to make to normalize this, where he's like... How can you even think of it in a sexual way? Like, she's a baby. And, like, blah, blah, blah. And he starts blaming the imprint on Bella because he's like, well, you told me to move on. You told me to find a nice girl to imprint on. And I'm like, sir. Someone's like, isn't it going to be funny when you're, like, telling Renesmee, like, hey, remember that time that I kissed your mom and almost had sex? Remember the time that he was almost Renesmee's dad? (laughs) Jacob has imprinted on Renesmee. Bella and Edward go home to their cottage that the Cullens have purchased for them as, like, a wedding gift. Apparently, when vampires have sex, they, like, destroy dwellings. So they were like, yeah, fuck that. Like, we're gonna buy you your own home. You can destroy that one. So then you have this whole undercurrent of weird sexual innuendos made by Emmett and everyone. And it's just 
very uncomfortable. Which, just as a monument to Stephanie Meyer's writing, try fitting in all of that without using the word sex once. Yeah. <laughs> also, Jacob pops up randomly, and he's like, hey, guess what, everyone? I told Bella's dad that I'm a werewolf. I transformed into a werewolf in front of him. He knows supernatural things exist now. I also told him that you're back, and you're not sick, but something weird is going on, and he should come down here if he wants to see what it is. Surprise! And he, like, does some jazz hands. <laughs> okay. Fuck Jacob for doing this. Because originally the plan was just to tell Charlie and, and Renee, her parents, that she died. And fucking Jacob makes that decision for her, puts Charlie at risk now because he's another human that knows about vampires. The Volturi almost killed Bella because she knew about vampires. So now Charlie's at risk because the plan was that Bella and Edward and Renesme would move away as soon as Bella was oh, able yeah. to. So he was worried that they were going to take Renesme away from him. So his way of solving that problem was to tell Charlie so that Charlie would be in the loop and then they wouldn't need to move away. But in the realm of Twilight, Charlie shows up and is like, I don't want to know any more information than I need to. Great that your newborn looks like a 10-year-old. Great that you look super different. Even though you couldn't even recognize yourself, I somehow recognize you. Don't want to know about it. Great that I'm a grandfather. Stop by for Sunday dinners. Everything is somehow resolved. So, okay, here's what we learn about vampires, basically. <laughs> Traits of vampires, bloodlust, and sex. Like, Stephanie, you dirty bitch. And here's where I'm confused, too. Because people were putting them on the level of, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm reading a book where everyone's in khakis except for Alice and and anytime anyone is about to do anything remotely sexual we like fade to black it's funny that you bring up 50 shades of gray because isn't 50 shades of gray just twilight fan fiction i don't know is it i don't know anything about I it i think i think it was we'll get written there. as twilight <laughs> fan fiction hold on i'm looking it up though because okay. now i'm fact check yourself yeah it it originated as a web-based Twilight fan fiction. Well, knowing what I know about Fifty Shades, which is not a lot, I'm still confused. <laughs> I guess we'll just have to read Fifty Shades of Grey and figure this out. Oh, God. The book gets really boring for a while because it just mm -hmm. kind of starts telling you about what their day-to-day -day life is like and Renesmee's no growing really quickly and they're kind of worried because they're like, when is her growing going to stop? Because at this rate, she's going to basically live to 15 and then die and have lived a full life. Oh my and God. Did, you catch, did you catch the part where they tell her middle name? Yes, Carly. It's Carlisle and Charlie mixed together. Carly. <laughs> Shit gets boring. And then we get to Irina comes to visit the Cullens. Irina's mate was Laurent, who they murdered in the last book for trying to kill Bella. Mm -hmm. And Irina comes to apologize, or basically comes to, I, I don't know, have a conversation with the Cullens after Laurent died. She sees Renesme and she sees Jacob, and her first thought is that they've created a vampire child, basically. But for context, Irina's uh, mother, so she has three, she has three sisters and then she has a mother. Her mother was murdered by the Volturi for creating vampire children. So she runs off to tell the Volturi what she's seen and that the Cullens have a vampire child. 
So Alice starts getting visions of the Volturi coming, which is where we get into the ending of the book. Like we start, this is where we start to see like, oh, this is the plot that we were trying to get to. Because originally there was no plot. It was just, they get married and Bella, it was just like a chronological story of their life. Yeah. Yeah. This is the actual underlying plot line that we only get in the last 200 pages of the book. So Alice starts having all of these visions and she sees that they're bringing the wives with them when the Volturi comes to show up to kill Renesme. Jasper makes a comment while they're all talking about how the wives stay in this huge tower in Italy. And he says the wives never leave the tower. Never. Not during the Southern Rebellion. Not when the Romanians tried to overthrow them. Not even when they were hunting the immortal children, which is what they call the creepy vampire children. Never. What's so special about the Cullens? The women are leaving their prisons, Caitlin. (laughs) So Alice has all of these visions about what's going to happen. And Alice kind of tells them her visions and then she leaves. So she, her and Jasper get the fuck out of town. Her entire family, like, they're just thinking, like, oh, they just went to save themselves. So we don't know what Alice's plan is at this point, but Bella's plan and Edward's plan. So after she and the Collins die, then her do- Jacob is going to take her daughter and run and take her to Brazil, right? Rio, Rio. de Janeiro. Yeah. And they're ideal plan is to accumulate enough witnesses to come stand by their side to give the Volturi pause to hear them out on Renesme. Mm-hmm. So that is their ideal. However, they all assume that they're going to die anyway since Alice left. This just reeked of Juliet in the last Shatter Me book that we read because yes. Bella, Edward has never been able to read Bella's thoughts even when she was a human. So now, and they never explain it, but Bella has had very good self-control ever since she became a vampire. So they're all like, hey, maybe that's your secret vampire power is that you like don't have to go through the newborn phase and you have really good self-control. But then they kind of like forget about that and never talk about it again. And they're like, yeah, you never find out why that is. Yeah. They're like, actually, maybe your power is like a shield so you can like block edward's thoughts have you ever tried to block anything else and she's like nope and they're like cool let's try cue training sequence where bella all of a sudden ends up being able to create this shield with her mind and she can like extend it to other people so she can shield them from the magical powers of vampires where what (laughs) well and also she can shield Arrow, who can, like, touch you and read all of your thoughts throughout your whole life. And then there's, like, Edward, who can read your thoughts at that point in time. So, like, she can block those things, but she can't block, like, Alice seeing her future. Mm -hmm. Like, a couple of other things. So, basically, she can block the things that are convenient to the story. (laughs) So, they have a bunch of training sequences, and she learns how to extend her power, and then we're finally ready. We're finally ready for the big face-off with the Volturi. And listen, as I was coming up on this scene, I was like, okay, great. The training sequence is a little bit annoying. The Mary Sueishness, a little bit annoying. But we're finally going to get what Shatter Me never gave me, which was a sense of completion and just a full-on bloody, gory battle 
with powers against powers against powers and vampires and like the werewolves come to support them so they're like walking out and you have like the vampires walking out and then the evil vampires are coming to meet them and then the werewolves pop up on the side and you're just like this is gonna be epic the Volturi takes pause enough to have a conversation with Edward and Carlisle, and when they realize that Irina was mistaken, they slap Irina, and <laughs> Bella is like, I know it couldn't have hurt her, but this seems very degrading. And I was like, I don't know what could possibly be degrading about just slapping her in front of everyone. And then, yeah, they murder her. They, like, quarter her and burn her body in front of her entire family. This whole ending scene is literally just a misunderstanding in which they all decide to come to the same conclusion and nothing happens. They keep faking you out. They fake you out because in the beginning they're like, you've created an immortal child, which is illegal and we're going to murder you. And so you think that there's going to be this big battle then. But then the Volturi realize, oh, there's a lot of people here and we might not be able to fight them. So they like pause. Then they're like, you know what? We can still murder you. We're still going to murder you. But like, I guess if you need to explain yourself. And they're like trying to use their powers and Bella's like shielding everyone. And they're like, oh God, we like can't use our special powers to immobilize everyone. So maybe we have to listen to them. So second battle is thwarted. Then Bella comes out, introduces her child and you think everything's peaceful, and then one of the Volturi's like, just kidding, this child is still really creepy, and we still want to kill it, because, like, fuck that baby. So it's like, the battle's off, the battle's on, the battle's off, the battle is back on, and you finally are ready for this huge, crazy battle, because everyone knows all the information, and they're still gonna fight. And then, and then Alice shows up. <laughs> and she brings another half-vampire, half-human child with her who has been alive for 150 years and has self-control and is fine and can acclimate. So that's it. The Volturi is like, well, shucks. Like, I guess we're not murdering anyone today. See you guys later. Literally. That is the ending. Foiled again by your group of meddling kids. It's like it's like a Scooby-Doo uh, conclusion. Yes. Yes. We just spent 100 more pages. We spent 500 pages getting to the fucking conflict we spent another 200 pages of training sequences and mary sue character powers and build up with the volturi to get the volturi just being like ah shucks we were wrong peace out y'all see you later what the most powerful vampire family and they look weak because they just left that that's it there's like no reason they just leave and then there's this whole cop-out in the last chapter where they're talking, like, Bella and Edward or something like that are talking about how the Volturi's going to come back one day. Are you fucking kidding me? So instead of giving us the action, which we know that Stephanie Meyer can write an action scene because she did it in Eclipse, she just gives mm -hmm. us this cop-out. And they, like, all live happily ever after. This book was traumatic and I just am so... I just want to face off. Can someone just give me a good fantasy book where we've got some build-up, we've got some characters, and then we've got, like, a good battle scene. Like, I just want some action. Was this a good ending? No. But if you're a fan of this, if you're a fan of this series, you're reading it because you only care about Bella and Edward's romance, which is all you get throughout the entire series. You're not reading it because you want epic romance or logical explanation for things. You're reading it because you want Bella and Edward to be in love. Which they are! Which leads us into final thoughts. 
having never read this series, I am almost sad that it's over. I am now a person who has read the Twilight series. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. It's not, it's not what I was expecting at all. Here is my issue with the way that this book ended. All of the, like, stakes and issues that were brought up throughout the series that we were going to have to face in the ending once Bella became a vampire just, like, completely were obliterated. She had to give up her human life. Like, she had to tell her family that she was dead. She wouldn't be able to go to college and she wouldn't be able to do all of these normal things. And that was just completely, like shit on in this book and then we just throw away the love that jacob had for bella by making it so that he falls in love with her newborn daughter she could have just written a new character into the book and not made it a weird fucking thing also i forgot to mention this earlier but at one point edward refers to jacob as his son and i just thought that that was fucking hilarious It just when your romantic rival becomes your son. <laughs> well, and I can see where the first book was a guilty pleasure for reading because it has a lot of the YA tropes. It has like the romantic tension. And then it actually does have a climax at the end of the book. Like you have James showing up and fucking trying to murder Bella and there's like some crazy shit going on. Like I can see where I was I was entertained while I was reading it. And so I was kind of disappointed that this last one was so boring. I don't know. I just wanted, I wanted some murder. I wanted someone to die. I wanted someone important to die, you know? Yeah, the only person that dies is Irina. Yeah, and I don't really care about her. So... But ultimately, I mean, this book did start, like, like, this series in general started, like, a whole generation of readers, myself included. So for that, like... Mm. You know, you really got to give Stephanie Meyer props. Like, she did create one of the biggest fan bases. It's like Twilight, Harry Potter, and uh, the other Hunger one. Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger Games, yeah. Yeah, like the trinity of YA, YA books that blew up. The first thing that I read of hers was actually The Host, and I remember enjoying that I one. I liked The Host. And I, re- I don't want to say anything too definitively because I I might feel differently about it now, but I remember really liking that one and thinking it was a super creative idea. So I am really impressed with her, like, writing this much material, getting it all published, and building up the following that she did. I think I think you're right. That's very impressive. Well, and also for continuing to write even after she got so much hate for this series. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Granted, she is... It is is also one of the most hated series. Well, and she's also kind of going down the J.K. Rowling path where she's, like, kind of feeding off of the series. Like, we're on the 10-year anniversary. She wrote Twilight, but from... She flipped all of the genders of the characters. Right. But anyways. Okay, question of the week. Again, Mm -hmm. what would your name be if you mixed your mother and your father's name together or your parents or your guardians whoever you consider to be your your parental (laughs) figures right also it's towards the beginning of the book bella makes a comment where she's like i feel like i should be quarantined i just felt like that was very on point sam her current situation here um someone commented on instagram and mentioned that we should come out with a bonus quarantine episode uh michael i think that's a great idea we are working on it i was sick with strep for a week as we have mentioned (laughs) and so i am catching up on on finals work and craziness but um we we are working on it um we did have fan mail 
from a while ago from Savannah's old teammate, Iza, who created some fan art for us after our Eclipse episode because we definitively announced that we are Team Edward. You can take a look on our Instagram page. We posted them. We posted those pictures a while ago. And then she says, when Twilight was super popular in middle school, I was actually neither Team Jacob nor Team Edward. I was vehemently Team I Hate Twilight, which I later realized was only because I was extremely stubborn and obstinate and not wanting to like popular girly things. Same. So I finally (laughs) read the first book and found it okay. However, I'm glad to be revisiting the series and living it out through the two of you with your extremely entertaining commentary. Having listened to it having listened to it through Eclipse now, I think I'm neither Team Edward nor Team Jacob, and instead Team Bella, I think you need to be single for a while. <laughs> Would have been a great idea, but she did not stick to that. <laughs> no. And I don't mind that her and Edward ended up together because the series is over, so I no longer have to no. care. Exactly. It is time to say goodbye to uh, Edward Melodramatic Cullen and Bella Danger Swan. But we will always keep them in our hearts and in our references. <laughs> I'm really excited for Caitlin's book rec, so I'm going to go really fast with our non-book rec first, which is uh, Feel Good on Netflix. I have been asking and asking and asking for someone to please give me a good, realistic, funny, rom-com feeling featuring two women. I finally received that. Netflix has has uh, answered my prayers, and uh, Caitlin can vouch for this as well. It's very good and relatable. Yeah. And if you hate it, it's only two hours of your life, so not a big deal. <laughs> but it is. It's really funny. I would recommend it. Um, Great. Your turn. <laughs> Book wreck. Here's the thing, guys. I need to issue a formal apology to Holly Black um, for the Cold Friends series. Just Holly Black. Um, (laughs) I hated the first book so much that I was like, we need to do it for this podcast. Like, it is terrible. And me and Savannah were (laughs) ready to go head to head. I did so much background research. And then we ended up cutting the episode, (laughs) which I'm glad we did because I would have been eating my words because I loved the second and third book. It's a fairy book and it's about Jude, this human girl who is now acclimating herself into the fairy world and trying to basically like climb her way up in the fairy politics ladder and it's so good. So if you've read The Cruel Prince and didn't like it, I encourage you to read The Wicked King because it is the best book of the series, I would argue. Mm. I've heard it's very common actually for people who, because I've read all of Holly Black's books that she's written up until now, um, besides the weird one she did on Maleficent. Y'all know how I feel about the rewrites of Disney movies that they're getting famous authors to do. It is uh, sacrilegious. Anyway, (laughs) I've read everything else that she's written. So I was kind of aware of the fairy canon and I read a lot of those books growing up. Whereas I can see where like Caitlin coming in, Caitlin read a lot of vampire novels growing up, so she was much more familiar with that canon. But coming into a lot of the fairy canon, it was like, there's some weird shit going on. And some of these characters are very not likable. <laughs> it didn't make sense until we recorded our episode for The Cruel Prince and Savannah started explaining things to me. And I was like, wow, that literally was not in the book, but you're right. I'm con- I'm convinced, though, if you didn't like the first book and you just yeah. read the second book, Agreed. you will fall in love with the series. I don't know how you don't. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. with that, um, follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is worst thing we read. Our Gmail is worst thing we read at Gmail, mm-hmm. and our Twitter is annoyingly worst T H N G we read. Well, and with that, uh, 
we'll see you guys next week. Not, Not with, with our, our eyes, eyes, but, but with, with our, our mouths. mouths.